So it's good to be back. Uh, I think I said that every last year. So anyway, it's good to be back. I'm a little out of practice. So good to see you, Jim. Uh, welcome back. I was standing outside Java just waiting for strangers, and Jim walked by, you know. So that's how you get your lunch bought. Um, so he's still around. If you also want lunch, he'll be at Java. What is it? What time tomorrow? No, no, okay. He's not buying any more lunches. So Joy and George uh, have taken us through a series called With Open Arms. I'm just going to recap some of the things they talked about. This is me telling them, Joy, I see you walk away. I listened to your talk. No, it's okay. I'm just kidding. Joy, I'm just kidding. I'm just <laughs> anyway, yeah, George, I listened to your talks. They were amazing. So, and that's me manipulating you into listening to my, no. Okay, so, uh, uh, you know, they talked about the, fa you know, generosity coming from the fact that our Father is very generous. He made all things. He sustains all things. Nothing, nothing that exists wasn't made by him. And the reason why he did is out of love and generosity. Love is the reason God created. He's a generous father. He, he, he wanted to enjoy. He wanted to delight with every one of us. He wanted to delight with creation. He wanted to delight in you. He wanted to delight with you. This is the heart of a generous father. Um, then uh, I think they mentioned that we all have something to give. I think it's, it, we can easily get to this place where I need to be given, or I don't have enough money, or I don't have it. We all have something to give. You know, it's, it's not just about money or how much. Generosity is a posture of our hearts. You know, uh, it, you're either generous or you're not. Uh, and generous people are generous with money and time and themselves. This is, this is why generous people will pray for the sick. Not because, because uh, sometimes we are so caught up in ourselves. What will people think about me? What if they don't get healed? What if this doesn't happen? That, that partly is a reflection of a journey of generosity we need to take. We all have something to give. And, and George talked about how, how at the end of the day, we need to learn to give people something way more than, than, than possession. We need to learn to give them that which actually makes us generous, and that's Jesus. We need to learn to invite people into the kingdom uh, uh, and meet the king who actually makes us generous, something way bigger than can be counted. So, um, the th uh, and I'm just going to step into that a bit, and, and here's where I want to start. Generosity isn't natural. And uh, I, I heard Andy Stanley say, so many people think they're generous just because they give and they're not. Here's the thing, generosity isn't natural. Uh, that's why uh, we all, uh, oh, I won't say we, I don't have kids. So all those of you who have kids have to keep going, please share with your brother. Please share with your sister. Like little kids already go, no, I, I don't want to share this. Generosity isn't very natural. A friend of mine, they might watch this later, um, uh, you know, uh, just when, we're, when we're like out at parties and whatever, I, my plate is mine. So they, they looked at me and said, you don't really like sharing your food. I'm like, yes, I don't. I really don't. Uh, generosity isn't natural. Um, so 
Yet it's a deeply, it's a, it's a deep mark of following Jesus. It's, it's deeply a Christian. It's deeply, I, I use that word very lightly just because of how it's, it's been abused. Uh, so I, I, I prefer saying this is who we become when we are followers of Jesus. We become generous. So many Christian, uh, many countries that had, had uh, deep Christian cultures, even, you know, even if they're post-Christian, you will notice that they are very generous. Uh, it, look, at, look at how uh, countries that have had histories, uh, uh, ages of, of doing Christianity, uh, deal with refugees. Uh, Kenya is 86% people say they're Christian. Many people go to church. Kenya is one of the countries where so many refugees find a home. Um, the U.S. has taken immigrants for many, many years. Partly, th these aren't things that just happen. It's because uh, uh, deep in the Christian ethos is, is generosity. Uh, the U.S. has a very big tipping culture. Now, here, here's a challenge. It's possible over time for people to want, to want the kingdom without the king. And that gets very dangerous, right? So, so when, when we think we can, we can just have cultures that are uh, deeply Christian minus Jesus Christ, that becomes very dangerous. Uh, uh, Josh, who spoke last weekend, was, was telling me that in some places in the U.S., the tipping thing has become so crazy, it is... It, it is almost frowned upon if you don't give a tip below a certain amount. It's no longer about generosity. It's about, hey, how did you not give? And anyway, so without, without getting into, into deep, it's possible to get to places where we want the kingdom, but we don't want the king. That becomes very distracting. So what I want to invite us to is, is, is to journey into generosity as part of following Jesus. Not another cool thing to do. As part of following Jesus. Um, so, it's, and I think that's a bit similar with, uh, with church offerings in Kenya. It's like, oh, pass the basket around. And, but sometimes we get, we, we, we end up with a culture minus the formation behind it, minus the king. And that ends up becoming very destructive. And we can see it play out in, in, in even the difficulty church uh, people have with, with, with church finance. Because we've decided to try keep the culture, to try keep the kingdom minus the king, minus the formation uh, into uh, who the king is calling us to be. So, how do we get it wrong? One, we get it wrong because we think generosity is spontaneous like, oh, I just went there and I felt I should give. Just because you gave spontaneously does not make you generous. Giving is good, and I'm not saying that, that, that uh, giving uh, uh, because you've been moved uh, is a problem. That's a really good thing, and we need more and more of that. So two weekends ago, uh, you all gave towards, you all gave towards Leslie uh, on her journey to Greece, um, and, and you'd already given your tithes and offerings, and I asked you, hey, guys, let's give a bit more. And you, you, uh, you felt moved, and you gave. That's a good thing. But generosity is not spontaneous. Generosity uh, uh, is, not, is not supposed to be, it's not emotional. 
or out of guilt. Some of us give because, oh my gosh, I've been moved. And some of us give because we're guilty. That's not generosity. It's a good thing. If you're guilty, my phone number is... Um, uh, so, generous people give strategically, more than emotionally, or more than out of guilt. And that's where we're being invited to. Generosity is not about cash flow. How many people say, you know, when I, when I get that job and my salary increases by this much, I'll start giving. When I finally become rich, I'll start giving. Generosity has nothing to do with cash flow. Generous people are generous consistently. And I, and I say this knowing that uh, this church has many young people and, and, and joblessness is a big problem here in our country. Um, so I, I, I'm saying this knowing that, that, that many people here don't have a huge disposable income. Yet, there's still an invitation to generosity. Generosity has nothing to do with cash flow. And, and some of you are really hoping one day you'll grow rich, and I hope that for you too. But ask the rich ones that are here. Generosity has nothing to do with cash flow. Some of them still struggle with generosity. Um, the other mistake we often make is that we think generosity is about the amount. Every time someone gives a huge amount of money, we say, what a, what a generous gift. Oh, they gave 10,000 shillings. What a generous gift. And you know what? That's, that's exactly how some people made uh, voting decisions in the last election. Because we decided, oh, what a generous person. They gave this much. They are generous enough to be our MCA. Generosity has nothing to do with the amount. Because only the giver knows. You know, you know, Jesus one day was at the temple and people were giving. And this lady gave everything she had. And, and, and to Jesus, she was more generous than everybody else there. Because generosity has nothing to do with, with the amount. It's about a heart. It's about a posture of the heart. The other mistake we make is that rich people are generous. No, they just, they just have a, a larger disposable uh, income. They can just give money with a lot more zeros. Doesn't make, it, make them generous. Or if you're giving money with a lot more zeros, that doesn't necessarily mean you're generous. There's something else the Father is inviting us to. I want us to read uh, Acts 20, 17 to 35. Um, Paul is about to bid farewell to a group of church leaders. Uh, and he had a feeling he would go back to Ephesus. Um, and uh, so here are some of his last words. Uh, from Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus for the elders of the church. When they arrived, he said to them, you, you know how I... Sorry, too small. Okay. When they arrived, he said to them, You know how I lived the whole time I was with you. From the very first day, I came into the province of Asia. I served the Lord with great humility and with tears in the midst of severe testing by the plots of my Jewish opponents. You know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but have taught you publicly and from house to house. I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that 
But they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task that the Lord has, Jesus has given to me. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Now, I know that none of you among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. Therefore, I declare to you today that I am innocent of the blood of any of you. For I have not hesitated to proclaim to you are the whole will of God. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. I know that after I live, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So, be on your guard. Remember that for three years, I have not stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. Now, I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have not coveted anyone's silver, gold, or clothing. You yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of, of, of my companions. In everything I did, I showed you by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Blessed be the word of the Lord. So, okay. So Paul is bidding farewell. And the, the whole story he's telling here uh, describes the whole journey of generosity that Joy and George have been talking about. He gave of himself completely. He didn't, he didn't hold back from sharing the truth. He fed his companions. He gave more than just money. He was a generous person. And Paul isn't bragging. Paul isn't bragging. He's just saying, hey, I have been generous with myself. I have been generous with how I've lived my life. For three years, I have given myself to you. And then he actually finishes by talking about money. What does money have to do with all these other things? Because right after that, they, they kneel down together and they pray. What does money have to do with all these other things? And listen, Paul, he, the, the church in Ephesus started with a powerful move of the Holy Spirit. Uh, uh, the, the Holy Spirit was poured out. Uh, sorcerers were, 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 were getting saved and and, and uh, throwing away the, 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 the tools of the trade. People are getting healed. It caused a riot. That is how powerful the move of God was in Ephesus that started this church. It caused a riot. And, and so this is exactly part, uh, partly what it meant to be generous, for Paul to even have his life threatened and still keep going, for Paul to even not have enough and have to work really hard he didn't take anything from this church. He didn't take anything from this church. Anyway, so he finishes this beautiful talk about uh, 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 what God has been doing and encouraging them to pastor and lead well, and then he actually finishes with talking about money. What does that have to do with anything? Just like, just like we, we, we strategically talked about, oh, the Father is generous, 
give yourselves, and now we're finishing with talking about money. That was very, very smart of, of us, Joy, wasn't it? Okay, wow, the jokes aren't landing today. Lord, help us. Anyway, so, uh, uh, so, so there is a direct correlation between how generous we are with our resources, with our money, and how generous you are in life. There is a direct correlation with uh, uh, between uh, how, how, how consistently generous you are with your money and your resources and whether you are a generous person. That's why this is how Paul, uh, that's partly what I read as I see Paul finish uh, this, uh, 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 this uh, exhortation like this. So when I hear people say, oh, I know, I, you see, I don't, give, I don't give tithe and offering, but I give my time. I go, hmm. It really, isn't, it really doesn't work that way. You're not being a generous person. Oh, yeah, sorry. I, and I'm not, I know that not everybody has, uh, has disposable income. I know that we don't always have money. But here's what I'm saying. Generosity does, has nothing to do with cash flow. And so when people say, oh, I, 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 don't, I don't tithe, but I pray for the sick. Hmm, something's up. You're not leading a generous life. Paul says it's more blessed to give than to receive. Um, and, you know, we, I, had a, I had a fiasco with the word blessed uh, a couple years back, for those who remember, so I'm not going to try that. But blessed is this, is this image of happy, that, that with a joy that only the kingdom of God can bring. But if you're honest, just like me, I'm not always happy when I'm giving. I'm not always happy when I'm giving. A lot of times I'm very grumpy as I give. I want to receive. Like, bless, it's more blessed to give than to receive. I, feel, I felt very happy when, when, when Jim paid for my lunch. Like, I feel blessed this way. So what is Paul talking about? What is Jesus talking about? Um, I, I also gave this story a couple of weeks back. A friend of mine asked me to uh, take, uh, send a couple suitcases uh, for them. And it was my Sabbath. I just wanted to rest. I don't want to... Uh, when, when, I'm, when I'm observing my Sabbath, I don't want to do any commerce. I don't want to uh, drive my car. I don't want to leave the house. I just want to delight in, in the Father. But then I remembered Jesus saying, Hey, uh, if it's a Sabbath, doesn't it look like loving people? Right? That's why he, most of the healings of Jesus happened on the Sabbath. So I grumpily... Uh, Went, got the suitcase, uh, and, and took it into town, and it was crazy. This is Nairobi. Nairobi. Driving in Nairobi uh, city center is crazy. My car got hit. That was partly me. But still, it's just adding on to everything. I'm just like, I am not enjoying this gift at all. And then uh, something, uh, something reminded me, God loves a cheerful giver. I'm like, I'm not cheerful at all. But what's happening is that, Every time we participate in generosity, we are being formed into that which God has already called us. Every time we participate in generosity, we are becoming that cheerful giver. It, it seems to me that Jesus and Paul are saying that, that a happy life, that a blessed life is the byproduct of generous living. It doesn't happen as you do it. It happens after you've done it over and over and over again, and it forms your heart into a generous person. 
It's deep spiritual blessing. Over, over a lifetime of generosity, our hearts become formed into to a place where we can actually say, actually, Danny is a generous person. It doesn't just happen. And that's why just giving out of emotion, giving out of guilt, doesn't really make us generous. It doesn't matter how big the gift is. Uh, uh, for most of this year, and I think a bit of last year, we've been talking about how following Jesus is intentional. Following Jesus includes practicing the way of Jesus. And, and you, you probably have noticed a lot of times when we're doing our communion and giving, we often say, this is an invitation to all followers of Jesus. Because it makes us generous as our Father. It's a practicing of the way of Jesus. But it has to be consistent. It has to be consistent. We do it over and over and over and over again. And then we become these people that Jesus and Paul are calling blessed. We become these people that Paul later says, oh, that is a cheerful giver. So, what does it have to do with money? Where your treasure is, there also is your heart. Where your treasure is, there also is your heart. And so the, the, if we're going to actually learn to be generous with our lives, forget money. If we're going to actually learn to be generous with our lives, we actually have to start with our possessions. Because those are the things that easily hold our heart. If you're going to learn to be generous with your time, start with your money. I'm not even talking about giving, giving uh, 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 to the church. I'd like you to give. That's a great thing. But I'm talking about just being generous, especially to the poor. So it's only through the spiritual discipline of giving that we become formed into generous people. I want to invite us as a church to think about giving as a spiritual discipline. Not something... I want us to think about, uh, think about it as something we get to do, not something we have to do. I want us to think about giving alongside prayer and fasting and reading Scripture. Formation. Formation. And over time, through the spiritual discipline of giving, we become free from the hold of money. Because let's be honest, the hold of money is strong. Right? We learn to be generous people, and we enter into real joy. We, we, we finally get to that place where when we read, Paul says, it is more blessed to give than to receive. We can agree with him and go, yeah, I get that. I get that. So I want us to realize, like every other spiritual discipline we've talked about this year, it's a practice that we don't know yet how to do. That's the only reason we practice, right? Practice doesn't make perfect. Practice makes permanent. The more you practice something, the more it becomes part of you. When George was, was, um, uh, was teaching about Scripture at the beginning of the year, he used this illustration of, you know, if, if we see in, 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 in someone playing the guitar so well and you think you want to become that, It'll take, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's an image of this is what you want to become, this is, and you aren't there yet. It'll take practice and practice and practice. And eventually, 
eventually you realize, oh, I actually play very well. Generosity is the same thing. We don't know yet how to be generous as our Father is generous. And so we are invited into practice and practice and practice. And then our hearts are formed in, uh, uh, after that of our faith. So I'll keep saying yes to taking uh, suitcases to Nairobi. And maybe one day I'll do it very, very cheerfully. But I'm not yet there. So don't call me after this. What if you don't have enough? Should you wait until you get a better job? It's not about that. It's, it's that statement that Joy kept saying, we all have something to give. It's, it's that statement that she invited us into living with open arms, hands, right? When you have more, what will happen is that you, you will have more. doesn't necessarily mean you've become generous. And God will bless some of you to have more than you do today. But that doesn't necessarily make you generous. What it will do is that you, what it will change is that you will just be an ungenerous, if that's a word, an ungenerous person with the Lord. I remember in high school, uh, no, 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 I was, I was a teacher then. Uh, we were sitting in the staff room and some, you know, insurance broker came in. They are good salespeople. And they, and, and they said, what's the first rule about money? And one of my teachers said, it is never enough. That's the truth. When, when you get more, your lifestyle changes, right? Uh, I saw this joke online, you know, fuel prices went up, and um, at Kisumu people have said, you know, we, we don't have a problem with fuel. Let, let, let it keep going up, you know. Um, they, uh, I don't know if you've seen this video of a, of a, of a newer lady at the airport going, uh, uh, it was during the fuel crisis. She's like, oh, did you fill the tank? If, it's, if it doesn't have fuel, what, 70,000, I'm not getting in. Anyway, so the, the point is, the more you have, uh, when you get more, your life adjusts, right? And now you have new problems. Now you have new problems. Now you have bigger bills to pay. So that, that wouldn't necessarily be the time you'll become generous. So generosity is something we have to keep walking into regardless of where we are. It's the posture of the heart. And the posture of the heart, the posture of a generous person is a heart that says, I am just a steward. I want you to think about everything you have and, and hear the voice of the Lord saying, what if you start living as if you're just a steward? As stewards, maybe a better picture that I could draw in our time is just the manager. Managers have a lot of power but they always know that they don't own the company. They know they could go any day, but they have a lot of power. You have, you have access to all you have. You can do with all you have whatever you please, but what if the Father is inviting you to realize you are just a steward? It changes everything because we... we, we, we it, we, we are being invited to live different from the world and the story of the world. Uh, uh, and uh, 
couple of months back, we did a series on uh, spiritual warfare, and we're talking about the lies our culture tells us. One of the lies our cultures tell us is that what comes to you is yours. You work really hard for it. It is not uncommon to hear the phrase, my hard-earned money. Oh, they took my hard-earned money. The culture we live in sells us this narrative that what, is your, what comes to you is entirely yours. And, and you see that that is the way even our leaders live in uh, their leadership. They get into power and therefore everything that is there is, there, is, is theirs. It's, it's, a, it's a diabolical greed that our culture has normalized. What's yours is yours. And so sometimes we look at the poor and go, oh, they should just work a little bit hard. Because I did. That's, that's our way of, of, of living, living into greed, living into the lie of our culture and justifying it. Right? But generous people realize that they are just stewards. You're just a manager. You're just a manager. What if the Lord said today, give it all away? Living in this way will produce the freedom and the joy we so hope to have, you know? It's, it, because it's no longer emotional, it's no longer out of guilt, it's, 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 it's about formation. It's about becoming like our Father. So, what I'm inviting us to is a practice of generosity where we are consistent and it is predetermined, and it is calculated, and then it grows. So don't, don't wait until next month to decide how much you will give away. Don't wait until money is in your account to decide, this is how much I'm going to give away. Sit down with the Holy Spirit and, and uh, uh, predetermine it, calculate it, and then make it consistent. You know what that does? It, it, when, you find, when you do meet people and they're in need, you won't give out of guilt. You will be free enough to say, I'm sorry, I couldn't help you today. Because sometimes you couldn't, right? You will be free to actually say, I'm sorry, I don't have enough myself. The problem is we've lived, we, we've lived in this other uh, uh, culture and it makes us always feel like, oh, I have to, I have to, because it's, it's emotional. We can no longer, uh, the story that was read a couple of weeks back of Peter and, 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 uh, and John at the temple gate going, we don't have money, but we have something better. Some of us, uh, some of us cannot live into that because we are so, uh, 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 we're so driven by the emotion and the guilt. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't give when we're inspired to. I'm saying that generosity has to be something that is consistent, predetermined, calculated, and we see it grow. So wherever you are today, even if you start with just 1%, even if you start with just 1%, no one goes to the gym and starts lifting the heaviest of weights. So don't try that. Uh, or 
for several years now, what I've, uh, what I've done is actually build into my budget uh, an amount that I'll just give away. And that's not my tithe, that's not my offering. What I'm saying is, Lord, make me a generous person. Lord, make me realize that you gave me this much. Lord, make me a blessing to someone. So, here is what I want to invite you to do this week. Because following Jesus is about practice. It's, it's not just about, oh, experiencing the presence of the Holy Spirit, and we cry or we laugh, and then we go home. It's about walking the way of Jesus. So here's what I invite you to do. If you've been generous, keep being generous. If you haven't, I want you to try this. One, set a percentage. Even before the money comes in. It's an amazing talk to give in the middle of the month, right? Set a percentage. And I'm not talking about your tithes and offerings. I'm talking about just being generous with the people around you. Set a percentage. Two, make it a priority. The moment it hits the bank, the moment you get paid, make that percentage of generosity the first thing you do. And then, after a, after a time, see if that should grow into a different percentage. Do you think we can do that? Uh, here, are two, here are two places to to give. One, find what you're grateful for. What are you going, God, I am grateful for this. Set a percentage to give to that. Two, find what breaks your heart. What's happening around you and it just breaks your heart. Set a percentage to give to that. And it's okay if you will do it grumpily. Do it anyway. And just ask, Lord, make me as generous as you are. Make me as generous as you've been with me. Why don't we stand? Uh, could I invite the band back on stage? And the prayer team, if you can come up. If you can come up.